So this afternoon, before we move into a little bit more engaged exploration of this uh, aspect of anxiety, I wanted to take a little bit of time just to, in a way, break down how this tendency to move into catastrophizing or proliferating thoughts happens. As many of you know, the Buddha was a master of deconstruction. He was really skilled at breaking down our experience into its component parts because when we can see the individual aspects of that kind of automatic chain reaction, it's a little bit easier to manage than when we're just immersed in a full-blown panic attack or rage fit or whatever it might be. So learning to understand, in a way, the anatomy of anxiety is part of what I wanted to offer today. And it's based on, again, Gil Fronsdal seems to be featuring a lot today, but he has this um, way of laying out the teachings in relation to experience that I've found very helpful using the analogy of a wheel. So if we think of a wheel at the center of the wheel, at the hub of the wheel, we can place the experience of breathing within the body. So the body and the breath are at the center of that wheel. And then as we move away to the next concentric circle, just one step out from the body and the breath, we have what are called the six sense doors. So sight, sound, smell, taste, physical sensations, and mental activity. In the Buddha's teachings, the mind is also a sense door. So we have how we take in the world is through these six senses. They're called doors because we receive experience through the six sense doors. At the same time, with each moment of sense contact, our biology is automatically registering that sense contact as pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. How many, someone know the Pali technical term for that? Vedana, feeling tone. So feeling tone is just that very basic recognition by the primitive reptilian part of the mind or pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. Before we move to the next ring out, which is our mental activity and often reactivity to that pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. If there's no mindfulness, we go automatically into liking, disliking, or ignoring, spacing out, and so on. And then if there's even less mindfulness, then we often go into reactivity to the reactivity. So that on the outer rim of the wheel, we get proliferation, the tendency to take our experience personally, to identify with it, to get lost, spinning out in future thinking. So this spinning out, I like the wheel analogy because as you can probably feel, if we're on the outer rim of the wheel, we can feel like we're going for a big ride. We're really taken for a ride. We tend to spin out, lose our bearings. So that in itself can be a feedback mechanism when we recognize that we're looping, spinning, proliferating, oh, come back to the hub of the wheel, come back to the breath, come back to the body, because the experience at the center of the wheel 
It feels like it's moving more slowly. It feels more stable. So generally speaking, when there's no mindfulness, the further we move from the hub of the wheel, the more we tend to get lost and the more we get caught in dukkha. Conversely, when there is mindfulness, we can keep coming back to just the immediacy of our experience in this moment and cut through the tendency to future thinking, catastrophizing, and so on. So that's a very simple and hopefully practical general uh, generalized model of what we're doing here. Most of us need quite a bit of training in all of that. So mindfulness of the body, as many of you know, is the first foundation or first establishment of mindfulness in the Buddha's teachings. And because you're all experienced meditators, I wanted to give us the opportunity to practice mindfulness of the body, but with perhaps a little bit of an edge. I'm going to invite us to explore the physical symptoms of anxiety. So starting to recognize how does anxiety show up for us? What are my signature early warning symptoms? Because the earlier we can catch this mind state, the easier it is to sort of dial it back before our systems become flooded with stress hormones and the amygdala's got activated and so on. So if we can recognize just those very first flutters or ripples of our own physical responses, that can be useful information. So trigger alert. What I'm going to invite us to do is to get into groups of three and to take it in turns just to name out loud to each other what the physical sensations of anxiety are for you. So you're not going into any story, you're not talking about specific situations, you're not talking about emotions, you'll simply be naming in the moment any aspects of anxiety that might be present in that moment. Now because you're in groups of three, it's possible that there'll be a little bit of social anxiety, so that might be something that you can work with, right? Hopefully minor, because... I keep emphasizing this has to be gradual training. So I'm hoping that being in a group of three will perhaps at best trigger some minor anxiety that's well below a five on a scale of zero to ten. Ten is a full-blown panic attack. Zero is nothing. So I'm hoping that we can stay in the region of two or three. If you don't have any social anxiety, if it's completely fine for you to sit with people you've never met before and be talking about your physical symptoms, great. Bring to mind an example recently when you did feel anxiety. And again, you don't have to say what that was, but you'll just bring it to mind. And then as I guide you through it, you'll have three minutes just to name. So if I was doing it, it might be like, Noticing that the heart is a little bit sort of knocking. And there's a slight, a little bit of a fluttery feeling in the base of the abdomen. And the breath is just slightly shallower than normal. So you're simply naming the symptoms for what they are. 
no judgment, no assessment, no analysis, no story. Not, I can't believe I'm so anxious after all these years. I should do Toastmasters or something because I really need to be on. No, let no story, just the symptoms, just the sensations. Does that make sense? If having heard that you feel like there's already anxiety that's getting to a five or above, there is an option to do this by yourself. And you'll do it as a written exercise. So you do have a choice. If you would like to work in a group, then I'm going to invite you in a moment to stand and find yourself a partner. If you want to work by yourself, you might want to maybe just pull your chair to the edge and just uh, keep your eyes down and get your pen and paper out so people know that you're going to be working alone. So I'm going to talk you through it, but there are any questions at this point.